0: To L.O.A. Today, I'm Walt T here with Dan Mangina and Alex King doing the mambo in, in the end zone. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, December the 3rd, 2019. It's 4 p.m. New York time, and wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of Alloway Today, your daily dose of happy, where you, you learn all kinds of things. I am learning things about hair bonnets
1: I didn't even know existed <laughs> for an hour ago. It's just incredible. The in every morsel of data and information, even um, its bonnet shapes
0: it's an education. It truly is an education. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I have no idea what I'll do with this education, but it certainly is an education, no doubt.
2: <laughs> well, you can now. You can talk to your sister-in-law about how she wraps her hair.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be a fun conversation. So, Lee, you know. <laughs> so That's tell cool. me about when you wrap your hair. I mean, yeah, I don't even know how to begin that conversation. <laughs>
1: I mean, do you wrap it <laughs> clockwise,
2: counterclockwise? That's that's important. It depends on the part. It's it, that's important.
1: See, um, I. And where the crown is because you're.
2: And know. where the cr- And if you have a cowlick, you have to work around that too. Well,
0: oh, you know? I've, I've had a cowlick since I was very young. So, I mean, I'd have to do it like counter and clockwise at the same time or something. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the advantages of actually having white hair at all false parts. So there's no cowlick anymore. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, fantastic!
3: <laughs> you can tell
0: I I really did miss doing the podcast for like three days last week. You know, we, had, we had two shows I, out of five, and, pretty, and and good. I was in withdrawal. I mean, that's mm. to it. I was just in withdrawal. And yeah. I know our listeners were so. Everybody, we're back. We're excited, and Dan and Alex are dancing, so you know things are good. Um, by the way, I also want to uh, take a little time to remind people who have not yet heard who are interested in working on your own uh, stuff that you're trying to attract in a supportive group atmosphere. We've set up a group on Facebook called Law of Attraction Pivot Pals, and people are starting to find us, Some listeners have started to sign up as members, and we want to invite everybody else to join in. The, the basic theme of the group is pretty simple. Um, we're inviting people to basically post little vignettes of what it is they're trying to attract, and then to come back each day and read their own vignettes and you know, mentioned that they read it again. And, and it's basically like journaling or doing daily affirmations, but doing it in a private group session where you're getting a whole lot of support. Um, hmm. So, you know, like I've posted uh, three of them so far, I think. And it's great. Every time I go onto Facebook, I actually have stuff, you know, people responding to me on stuff that I actually want to hear about. You know, right. It's, it's my stuff, right? That's you know? what
2: happens when you make your
3: own group, yeah. That's
0: right, yeah. It's it's not, you know, what the latest news information is or, you know, mm-hmm. with, what's going on with uh, my sister-in-law's hair wrap or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: waiting for the hair wrap. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm glad I'm I didn't
1: disgusting. disappoint you, Dan. I, I would hate to disappoint you. <laughs> out of a job. He's, he's getting that comedic timing
2: down he's
1: meetings. yeah yeah i'm really off on him <laughs> I, I like a lot from alex i have to say. it's true but please <laughs> become a member i'll be
0: glad to let you in and uh we're getting some interesting people interesting poster people in the group um it, it's kind of fun to see what people are trying to attract what they're focusing their attention on and i i have to also do a shout out to jeffrey who of course is our most regular live stream listener and he has jumped in with both feet and in the mm-hmm. group, and I'm telling you, the guy is great. He is great at details.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, he posts
0: yeah. a vignette, and I mean, it's it's almost like you're you're hearing him describe a painting by Vermeer. It's just full right. of all the details. So it's fabulous. So I mean, Jeffrey has set a very high bar, folks. But we won't we won't require that you do the same thing. All we ask is you come in and participate. But just in <laughs> case you want to see how it's done right. Look at Jeffries. Good stuff. There you go. There you go. Go Now, how did
2: you, who came up with this group
0: and and what? I actually founded this group about a year ago, and I didn't really have a definite concept in mind, other than I knew that it would be good if we had a way for people to support each other Mm -hmm. in terms of learning law of attraction. Mm-hmm. So I just put it out there, and a few people signed up, and then it didn't go anywhere because I didn't have a clear concept of the group. Right, right. And then I've been thinking about it lately and saying, you know, we really do need to have ways to support each other more formally, I think. Is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, let's use the Pentate House group. So I kind of you know, resurrected it, renamed it to put the words Law of Attraction in it, and, you know, here we are doing it on a daily basis now. And I have to admit it's helping me, too, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we all you, – you know how it is. You, you have, like, your daily routine, Right. Right. And my daily routine has kind of evolved over time mm-hmm. um, to the point where some of the stuff that I used to do, I don't do anymore. Well, mm-hmm. Having it in writing like that, especially in a private group where, you know, it, it almost gives you a feeling of being beholden to somebody else. Like, okay, I did say I was going to go like, right. reread my thing every day. And I was going to say, yep, I reread it for another minute. So I did my, my focusing and raising my vibration and all that kind of thing. Kind of accountability. Me, it's yeah. accountability. Yeah. 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 So it's a good thing. So, yeah, please, uh, please join the group. some
1: solid members, I can probably throw you away from my Dream With Dan group. So, uh, why don't, uh, when you've got five minutes, we do a live on my Dream With Dan group. And we'll sure. Get there and yeah.
0: Yeah, glad to do that. That'd be fine. By the way, if you could do something to turn your volume up, you're a little bit soft. So Ah, that's because I was talking soft, but now I'm talking more. Ah. Yes. <laughs> he
2: was using his inside voice.
0: His inside voice, yes. <laughs> well, here, here on the podcast, there's no such thing as an inside voice because no one will hear you. So, nope. Please do nope. an outside voice. Yes. <laughs> now, I don't know if you guys get the daily quote emails oh, from Abraham Hicks. Alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's just <an> a reaction. <laughs> that's a yes/no. Uh, so. Anyway, there was a really good one that came today. Uh, Most of them are are good, but this one just kind of caught my attention, so I figured it's a good way to kind of get the conversation going today. Mm -hmm. It says, but it does take the determination that you're going to put your thoughts upon something that does feel good. And so here, we're going to make a very bold statement. Any disease could be healed in a matter of days, any disease, if distraction from it could occur and a different vibration dominate. And the healing time is about how much mix-up there is in all of that. Now, that may not be the best English in the world, but what a concept that is.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: You could have you know, uh, stage four cancer, and you could eliminate it in a matter of days, according to what they're talking about here.
3: Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm.
0: thing that holds us back is that, with the way they say it, If distraction from it could occur and a different vibration dominate, well, when you're dealing with something like terminal cancer, it's about the last thing that's on your mind is, oh, well, you know, I can be distracted from it. It's not going to be part of my mindset. In fact, I'm going to vibrate on a different vibration. That's not the way it normally works for people in real life. And then added in is the healing time is about how much mix-up there is in all of that. And that mix-up, that caught my attention. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, Alex, you and I did a show about a month ago that I think we called something like um, when we don't notice manifestations or something yes. along their line. Right. And that's a big deal. We, it's a very common thing. We'll, something, we'll, we'll put something out there, we'll manifest something, and then we won't notice and we won't realize we actually did it. But another big deal is when we manifest something and we notice it and we don't give ourselves full credit for it. It's like mm-hmm. we believe it, but we don't quite believe it. You know what I mean, Dan? Have you experienced that? Have you had that with your, your crew and so forth?
1: I, I have had that, and um, that's like one of the things about celebration being such a big point. It's consciously connecting yourself to acknowledging the experience and doing high-vibration activity to anchor that experience in. One of the reasons I found... Um,
0: Outside voice, please.
1: <laughs> one of the reasons that I found that a lot of people just <laughs> go back into old ways of being and don't end up building a momentum in the direction of what they want is that they don't take that second out to acknowledge it. And oftentimes, that non-acknowledgement is either because we actually don't want to move that momentum forward, which is the self-sabotage, self-destructive tendencies. And another thing is that, like you said, we just don't actually acknowledge it as being that. Some people, oh, that was great, but what about that? Or that was great, but, you know, it was only one time. And also mm. it tends to be indicative of not really believing that you're worthy of it. Mm. But mm. Obviously still being addicted to the patterns of behavior that are contrary to that experience. So, oh yeah, I made some money, but it wasn't as much as I needed. Or oh, I made mm-hmm. some money, now I'm going to have to pay more taxes, etc., etc., etc. Because there's still an attachment to the lack. There's still mm-hmm. an attachment to the stress, right? And generally, even when there's a peak up, that's when we revert back. It's like the lottery winner that within five years all go, you know, 90% of the lottery winners go back to exactly where they were. If yep. you're rich or middle class, it's the same thing. That spike, that distraction, that momentary distraction that allowed for a new experience wasn't permitted to hold because we got caught in the, in the old pattern.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. By the way, what, what you uh, immediately came into the mic, you were good, and then you fell back again. So you got to do something to either make the mic closer or turn the volume up because it's good part of the time. But, yeah, that's right. Put it right in front of you.
3: You can't
1: That's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's me in my mind. <laughs> that's me in my mind. Oh, my God. <laughs> that
0: works. That works. I like
3: that. <laughs>
0: that's a great explanation though uh, because it it is a number of factors it's -hmm. it's a combination of things it's the the old tapes that are playing it's falling back on the old patterns because they're the comfortable old patterns it's actually defending the old patterns Mm -hmm. I've been noticing that myself a lot lately like wow I will go out of my way to defend stuff that I really don't like at all -hmm. I do that facts And I see it in other people as well. I mean, we just, it's a form of addiction almost. Um, More accurately, it's a a deeply, deeply ingrained pattern. Mm -hmm. Once it's that deeply ingrained, it takes a while to get it out there, to get it out and removed and kind of rooted out. Um, But uh, you hit upon it, Dan, when you said one of the best ways to start rooting it out is through appreciation, recognition Mm -hmm. and appreciation and getting excited, doing some celebrating. Celebrating
1: is a good thing disrupting the pattern i mean i asked this question the other day uh i think i did longer form i did actually i posted it to my instagram as well That like what are you committed to so many people don't take the time to get consciously aware of the experiences that they're committed to which is showing up as those patterns that they keep playing out yeah there's a commitment subconsciously to the experience that plays itself out as connecting people, places and things, uh, not celebrating, just reinforcing those same stories. And mm-hmm. that's because then we are deeply committed to, to that. I, I mean, we will all have that in some area. I had it myself. When I, when I found it, I was like, wow, how funny. I didn't realize that the reason why that particular part of my life was continually showing up that way is because there was a deep-rooted commitment to the payoffs that were being had from having those types of experiences. Once you bring it up to the light, then you can start disrupting it more permanently and making change. Mm-hmm.
3: That's
0: true. And what, what are some of the payoffs that you see people uh, hanging on to? I, I mean, it's kind of a weird word to describe it as a payoff, but it is. It's a payoff <laughs> if we don't really think of it that way.
1: I, I, I can give a personal one. For me, it's um, being a victim. Mm. But For me, it's being a victim in really creative ways. I've actually had to give my subconscious mind an Oscar, you know. <laughs> like, <'cause there's> a- <laughs> the best screenwriter for the number of ways that stories are constructed to validate the victim story. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, once you start actually owning it. Uh, so for me, a variety was not that I would be, oh, woe is me, I'm a victim, but actually subconsciously creating victim-type scenarios, mm. overcoming them, and then celebrating it afterwards, right? Oh, oh my goodness. Can you believe that happened? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay because in my infinite connection to source, I was quite able to overcome said situation. And here <laughs> I am, the guru resulting. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guru <laughs>
3: resulting.
1: <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it's like you,
2: that does deserve an Oscar, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you
1: could just not create it in the first place and just be happy. It's like Right, you know, right, like... It's a lovely way to go for a plastic stroke. Let's cut out I'm the middle man. Let's cut out the middle manning. Yeah. Being happy, which doesn't require any of the narrative and story. But yeah, right. for me, it's just all these really, and then as I started to catch that, what I noticed was the mind then started creating these holographic representations of genuine reasons to be unhappy about stuff, and then completely lose sight of the fact that every single part of that experience is only being witnessed as I'm choosing to experience it anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So why not just witness it as something else? Mm-hmm. I'm this person's doing that, but it's okay. I can be the bigger person. Or you could completely witness something else and just re the experience.
3: Yeah.
1: The man. So that's me anyway. Victim, that was my one. That's, that's one I'm watching very interestingly at the moment because the number of opportunities that are being presented mm. to, to be the empowered victim, as I call it, is mm. really, really, really fascinating. So yeah, definitely a nomination going, going in there. <laughs> You've got my vote. I'm telling you, I know uh, for that
2: empowered yeah. victim. I like
0: that. Yeah. I, I can. I'm imagining all these people I know in my life who
1: are <laughs> victims. I mean, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Victimhood comes in many different guises. You know, it mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be that you've been beaten up on or, you know, attacked verbally or emotionally.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes we create victims of us, our, of ourselves either by stepping into allowing, encouraging, or supporting behavior, by not having loving boundaries or perpetuating patterns of the type of people that we associate with, Uh which is another one I found. I found that there's always one person that walks all over me in my life. There's always one. And I've I've actually tracked it back. And when I get rid of that one, I've been allowing another one in. Uh And then then allowing another one in. And uh, I haven't done that in a very long time. But I witnessed myself almost encouraging Another relationship, which I saw, was exactly the same pattern. And as I caught it, I was like, oh, that's that same old story trying to make a resurgence.
3: Mm. But
1: you shall not pass. Did that that actually work? Yeah, of course. This is real. This is what it's like in the trenches of actually living an empowered life. It's, Mm. you know, it's not all and rainbows and unicorns. Unicorns are real people, just for, the, for those of you. And, uh, oh, here's one. Um, yeah, but, in the trenches, but in the trenches, there are these experiences. There's owning some stuff. There's moving through some stuff. There's maybe owning that you are the person that is bringing the stuff to the situation. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's okay because guess what? New now, new moment, and now only you can shift and transmute into something else, but only if you own it. That ownership part is huge. Yeah, I
0: mean, we we have a tendency to objectify everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not a normal experience for most of us to say, "Yep, that was me. Yep, that was me. Yep, that was me. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and that." And my, my my bad, my bad. It's usually this <laughs> and that and that and that and a lot of finger pointing that goes on. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. we're, we're finger pointing is a lot easier, and it's a lot more uh, familiar, and it feels safer which is ironic mm-hmm. because it's about as unsafe as you can be. But nevertheless, right. we feel like it's safer.
1: But then you don't have to take responsibility and then it can be everyone's fault but yours. That's but then right.
2: Actual factuals. Right there. Bam. <laughs>
1: Boss. Oh, it's my boss's fault. You know, it's my children's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's this person's fault. Was that person's fault. They're all just shadows, mirrors, and reflections of something going on, right? Mm. And at a, at a purely rudimentary three-dimensional uh, level, you still have the choice about whether you even engage with them or not, does that mean that the I mean I had this someone asked me a question the other day about you know the holidays are coming up and I, yeah it's all very well and good with loving boundaries, but what about family didn 't say it 's going to be easy he said it 's possible
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true you
1: know, so
0: when, when we have these um, c- scenarios that keep popping up the, the Oh, my cat's decided to start eating the paper again. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but he does own it. <laughs>
2: he's got a paper eating problem.
0: No, actually, at least it's his way, way of saying, I want to be out. Let me out. <laughs> that's, 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 it's, a, it's a communication.
1: It, there are worse ways to do that.
0: There are yeah. better ways, too. I mean, he could just come say meow, and I'd actually understand what he was saying.
1: <laughs> Facts.
0: What we was trying to go to is, we, we we tended to express these things in terms of, like the, like the way you said it, well, you know, why don't I do this? We we tended to say it in terms of why don't or why can't or, you know, focusing at uh, at the fact that I screwed up in some way. Mm-hmm. And it, have you noticed it's a, a big challenge to try to change the way we talk to ourselves about stuff like that to something more like, I would like to think of it this way mm-hmm. instead of, why don't I think of it this way? Right. It just, yeah, I have to actually stop myself and refocus and say, okay, how do I express this completely in the affirmative? Mm-hmm. Because I'm so out of practice, I, I've forgotten how to do it. I have to, it, it's almost like I'm learning to walk again.
1: Yeah. We've spent a lifetime learning to do things differently, though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a social norm. It's socially, it, it, the social norm is that we blame others. We're not taught any, self, any form of autonomy. We're brought mm. up. In, and um, from parents to school, to job, to pension, at mm. in our lives, the very lifeblood that supports us and empowers us to make choices in how we live our life and how we experience our life is left in the hands of others. Mm. We are not taught autonomy. It's just not something that we're taught. And those who seek to break free from that are considered risk, you know, overly risk takers, irresponsible, so on and so forth. So, like you said, when, when we are then moving into having more self, more responsibility, it's just so disassociated from every other part of the experience that we've been having that it just becomes this crazy challenge.
0: Mm, it is. So what's your best way to overcome that? I mean, I, I guess it just amounts to
1: rewriting the tape, right? Yeah, in micro shifts. Definitely in micro shifts. Taking those baby steps and taking those baby steps.
0: Or in some cases, doggy paws.
2: I, I have to cut his nails. I'm so sorry. He's taking <laughs> his time trying to get on his bed. But uh-huh. he's like, he's got to size it up and then
1: and then do oh, the big wow. jump. And the funny really? thing was, there they've building okay. building yeah. building work and they've started to build, can you hear that drill? No. Oh, brilliant. You can't hear it because I can. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, baby steps, like taking baby steps into responsibility. So finding pockets of your life, where you can start accepting responsibility and playing it out in a very low stress way, Mm. taste and see that it's good, feel into it and start expanding that into other areas of your life. Some people make the mistake of saying, okay, I'm gonna go and leave my job and go and be an entrepreneur now. You might not be an entrepreneur, you actually probably might be better off working for someone. (laughs) 80-20 rule says that 80% of people are better off working for someone else. But there are pockets of your life where you can seize it back. So find where those pockets are, push your edge without pushing your buttons and start easing into it, witnessing it, celebrating it, easing into it, witnessing it and celebrating and taking that power back. So even in those areas where it is optimal for someone else to be the one in the driver's seat, right, or for someone else to be taking more of the responsibility, you are at least in the driver's seat and choosing who that person is rather Mm. than just flying into this is the way it's always been done. Like that thing about, that story about the woman who cuts the ends off her beef roast or whatever it is, and then she goes back three generations and finds out that mum said, Oh, this is the, the way my mum told me to do it, and Mum's grandma says that's the way my mum told me to do it and great grandma's like, Oh, it's because we had an oven that was too small, so we had to do that. <laughs> mindlessly following this pattern of behaviour, thinking it's the way that it has to be done. Right. Right cutting themselves off from those extra bits of juice meat on the end. Sorry for the vegans in the audience. But I like <laughs> for the sake of something that everyone just says, that's the way that things are supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. right? So, it's, anyway. it's,
0: it's a great point. A lot of it is generational. We do learn this stuff from our parents, from mm-hmm. our adults, uh, people when we're kids, um, mm-hmm. from elders. Um, I never did t- totally understand why it was that we should listen to our elders because our elders seem so messed up.
2: Yeah, man, they've I seen see. some stuff.
0: And, and, and now that I've become more of an elder, I have to agree. It's true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, facts.
0: I think we'd do a, a whole lot better job if we paid more attention and followed the lead of the kids. The Agreed. They get it. They get it, mm-hmm. they, they get it from, and they don't. They can't even explain it necessarily. They just mm-hmm. do it.
1: Uh, it's discernment, right? I think the blanket lead following children, or blanket, blanket, blanketly. Blank. Mm. Blindly. That's
0: Ooh. good. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice attempt, attempt to invent, some, invent
1: an adverb. I like that. <laughs> You're some discernment and saying, okay, do you know what? You no, know, Dad, you've got this bit down, but the rest of it, hi, Felicia. You know, <laughs> you know, I love the way you do that, but I'm not necessarily going to eat that juice from that part of my body. Cool. I get that. Love the play, not the bogey. Like, there are pieces that are oh, but again, it's autonomy, right? Autonomy and discernment, applying discernment. But that requires thinking and using our nuggets, which is just not something that society, you know, as a society that we're encouraged to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess it's about trying to make one small shift at a time. That's what the microshift approach is, right?
1: That's what the micro shift is. Microshift is just a series of baby steps, consciously made, Deliberately made in the pursuit of a consciously chosen outcome. So we find the minimum deliverable. We push that edge a little bit. We witness it. We celebrate it. We anchor it in and then consciously choose what the next step is going to be. And by doing that, I mean, everybody can make big leaps. Everyone can do it. I've done Tony Robbins' work. Massive action. (laughs) I get it. I really, really do. But massive action taken in baby steps will always win. Always, mm-hmm. because the, the subconscious blocks, you ninja slip past those, uh, the limiting beliefs, you ninja slip past those, the procrastination, you ninja slip past those, um, everything, because it's not a big jump, it's what is the minimum deliverable, the smallest thing that I know I can definitely do in the direction of what I believe might be possible. I don't have to even fully believe in the whole thing, I can commit to this next the minimum deliverable baby step, I can commit to that. But if I'm doing that consistently, then I must end up where I'm going. So, because- let's, so
0: talk about that a little bit more because it's a great concept, the idea of taking massive leaps and baby steps. It sounds contradictory. I mean, it's, it's either a massive leap, leap or a baby step. Make up your mind. Which is it, Dan? But, <laughs> but, but, you, but you have a
1: clear idea there. Talk about what that clear idea is. The, the clear idea is that, you know, that a journey of a 1,000 miles starts with a single step. So what happens is people just think about the 1,000 miles and how tiring that's going to be. They don't have enough food for the journey. What's the weather going to be like in Acapulco? Even though, <laughs> what's my mum going to think? You know, do they have my favourite ale? Like all of these things, right? We get caught up in all of these stories, which are really just the subconscious mind trying to keep us safe by keeping us in the same thing now, which is not going anywhere. The mind, generally speaking, doesn't want us to go anywhere, mm. because for many of us, the idea, the vision that we hold in our mind is that we must stay here; it must be safe. And as I always say, the mind isn't doing this because it's our enemy. This isn't a hate the mind exercise. The mind's doing it to keep us safe because it loves us. That's its job, to keep things the same. Mm -hmm. When you you consider the fact that we weren't, none of us were born here and now, this moment, with this vision or this image that we have in the mind, it was accumulated over time. Mm -hmm. So if we simply use the same methodology to create a new pattern, which created the pattern that's there already, which is that over time, Evidence accrued that created a vision that the mind then said, okay, this is what we're supposed to do. A large chunk of that happens between the age of two and seven when there's no filter. We're just being dumped with all of this stuff. We're just witnessing this stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what supposed to do with money. This is what a happy relationship is. It's okay to kiss girls. Like, whatever, right? We, we pull those stories in, and then we start to get hormonal stuff happen as we're a teenager. We start to develop the whole tribal thing, and we're doing that reinforcing through the lens of what we learn. And then we go into adulthood and we start making more choices. Generally speaking, we start to have some independence. But all of that's generally had within the lens of these things. And then we get to midlife crisis and realize that none of that was our story. Right? Mm-hmm. We yes. scramble and try and find that story. We drive, People run to, to have an affair, to leave their family and go and do biking across India. All this random stuff because there's a massive freak out because they realize, oh, my goodness, this wasn't my story. But if... If, if, if we just ask ourselves, okay, this is something that I think might be possible. This is something that I think I might like. This is something that I might want to want to try out. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's definite as an end result because I just might not have the depth of belief in it. I might not have the openness of possibilities to commit to that. My thing of retiring to Tuscany, friends of mine are retiring to Tuscany and I've been supporting them with that. Nice. what? The next, the first step would be just looking at what's possible in terms of houses there, you know. And that's all I'm going to do today. I make that step. Now, A, I've made a move in the right direction. B, I've now started to collapse ideas and fears about what is isn't is impossible by getting some facts in front of me. I've taken a step. Then it might be, okay, let me see... Um, one way that I might be able to start creating some residual income that might support me moving there. I'm not going to create the income I'm not even going to take a step towards it I'm just going to look at what's possible Mm -hmm. I'm just making these exploratory steps in the right direction but what starts to happen is the stories that my mind was telling me about it not being possible I can't do it, I can't afford it it's too far fetched, those have to fall down because the mind doesn't lie to, to itself it doesn't lie to us either, it just goes on the facts so when I consciously take that baby step into introducing facts that support what I want to experience, all of a sudden it becomes more and more clo- uh, more, and more of a possibility. And then when I start to make bigger steps later on, the, the flashing lights and the warning signs that the mind's going to say, oh no, it's not possible, I don't have those anymore because I've broken down those stories before with these earlier micro with those early steps. So then as I get deeper into the process and get closer and closer and closer, as you know, where you place your attention, where you place your energy, what we pay mm. attention to expands. And so as I'm looking more and more at these possibilities, guess what's going to start happening? possibilities, synchronicities and opportunities, because now all of a sudden I'm actually able to witness them and I'm actually going to start calling them in through the law of attraction because I'm starting to vibrate at the frequency of that possibility versus it's not possible. I can't do it. It's just a dream. Now it's not a dream. It's something that might be possible. I'm not saying it's definite. It just has to be possible for me to witness more of that possibility. And if I'm truly committed to it as a desire, then witnessing those synchronicities, witnessing those possibilities, I can start to hold the line of making more and more of those micro shifts in the direction of it. And then before you know it, you can get there.
0: That's fabulous. Great description there. Mm-hmm. So, as you talked about um, the fact that the the mind, the brain is doing what it's supposed to do. It's not it's not working against you. It's mm-hmm. not uh, you know, some sort of a trap, whatever. It's just simply doing what it's programmed it's a to do. blame
1: story. Walk, big walk, man. It's just a blame story. Oh, I'd love to... But my limiting beliefs in my subconscious mind, oh, yeah. blah, 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 blah,
0: you, have <laughs> you can get that almost in Christmas. Blah, 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 blah. No, I mean. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but that okay.
0: really caught my attention because, I mean, today, if you get a computer, today it's pre-programmed, especially if it's a phone. You know, it's got all this Excellent. stuff already programmed into it. You don't have to know anything about programming. But. At the very beginning of the PC age, I was part of that very beginning. If you got a computer, an early computer, and you turned it on, and you looked at it, it kind of looked back at you. I mean, it didn't (laughs) do anything. It just sat there. And so you might type into it something like, I want $1,000. And all that would happen is it would type, I want (laughs) (laughs) $1,000. That's all it would do. It wouldn't do anything else. It was just an echo. That's it. It was just an echo. Mm. And it really struck home that this computer – wasn't going to do anything until I programmed it to do something. Mm. I couldn't rely on somebody else to write a program for me. I, actually, when the first commercial program came out, I said, oh, great, I don't have to program this. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have that experience anymore. I mean, people mm-hmm. now get handed the devices pre-programmed with everything. its I'm not saying we should go back to you know primitive computers. I'm saying that it would be great for people to have the experience of being faced with a computer and and faced with the task of oh, it's up to me to decide what this computer is going to do. What do I want this computer to do? And what steps am I going to take to program it? And you just described some great steps to take to program your own computer. But wouldn't it be great if we just, you know, we're we're faced with that more often, like, okay, my computer, my brain is sitting here waiting for me to
1: program. What Mm -hmm. am I going to program into it? The only difference is, is that it's not waiting for a program. It's always getting them from the subconscious. Yeah, well, there's that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's way hard to get into the subconscious, you know. You can blame blame them just, oh, I'm just surrendering. (laughs) What (laughs) do you want the subconscious mind? Okay, okay, mate, you keep surrendering while I keep programming. that's, (laughs) That's just what's happening. You know, it's waiting for us to take up our seat as the author and creator of our lives and consciously step up to the plate and hit this one home. Every moment, every now, we have the opportunity to do that. But so long as we're blaming, so long as we're passing the buck, surrendering, leaving it to, I'm not going to get into that one because that's another conversation. <laughs> uh, so, so long as we're doing that, then, you know, good luck changing the, the situation, right? Mm. Good luck changing the experience because unless you change it, you're going to keep it <laughs> in, right? So.
3: Right.
0: And you made the point about the subconscious mind, you know, it, it, it's already been programmed the subconscious mind is kind of redoing the programming. Well, how did it get into the subconscious mind in the first place? Mm. Well, because we programmed it there. Exactly. So, so once again, oh God, I can't run away from my own programming. It, there it is. It just came right back to me. Exactly what I typed into the computer is what came back.
1: Yeah. And you know what? And this is the thing I've had, and I actually had this epiphany the other day. I was like, I was working out something. I was like. My stuff works. What's the line between the people that are into it and the people that aren't? And I realise it's the people that don't want to work. Yeah. Because mm. I don't I don't sell the dream. Like a lot of these a lot of people sell the dream because that's what marketing you know, they sell dreams. Those of us that aren't selling dreams, we're just telling it like it is. Sorry, mate, just writing something down ten times a day is not going to change your life.
3: Mm. Say it again
1: for the people in the back. You're gonna have to do something. I'd have to do something. Oh no, sorry. I'm <laughs> <Uh-oh>. sorry. <laughs> Well, well you, you're also setting yourself up for the people to say,
0: wait a minute, no, 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 you don't have to do something. It's pure law of attraction. You can just attract it to yourself. <laughs> but
1: the the requires you actually stepping into the vibrational frequency of what you want, which is work. Wait right? a minute,
0: wait a minute. You're saying that it's work to become vibrationally
1: equivalent? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm a student of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I love his work, you know, changed my life completely. Uh, but the sad fact is, is you get people that are, I mean, getting a ticket to one of these events now is crazy. It's like going to an event, uh, a a concert. They sell out in like half an hour. It's really, really crazy. Mm. Like 2,000 people will sell out in half an hour. Wow. Wow. Um, Before you speak to people, you're starting to hear that people just want to go to the event because they think that their life's going to change just by going to the event. Or if (laughs) they go to events, if I go to enough events, it's going to happen. Right. That's never one of the things I love about Dr. Joe. He's never said that. He says, do the work. You have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Get up from your meditation and expect yourself to have a change. If you're not getting up as a different person that sat down to meditate, mm-hmm. but people are. Like, oh, I've done my meditation. Why? Why is my abundance not here?
0: <laughs> I love the way Mike Dooley tells this one. He gives the example of going on a trip, and mm-hmm. he says, "Okay, so you're in the car and you've you've turned on the engine, and the vision board is in the back seat, and you've got a copy of The Secret over on the right hand." <laughs> And and you're listening to your affirmation tapes, but nothing happens because you don't put the car in gear. Mm. <laughs> mm. Which is a form of doing.
1: And sometimes the only doing that's required is to reach out your hands and receive. Yeah. If that's what you set up to experience. That's right. But you're only going to experience what your vibrational match to. And if you haven't done the work of breaking the agreements to work being necessary breaking the agreement to time so that it's going to take time, breaking the agreements with those disempowering belief systems and and patterns that you're playing out. If you haven't done the work of breaking those agreements, no meditation is going to save you. I've got my new stop meditating hat and I'm wearing it in my videos now. Not because I'm saying (laughs) wrong, but you've meditated. Now get up and do something about what you meditated on. Now get up and actually receive the experience by standing up as a different person, making different choices aligned with the vibration that you've chosen. The rampage is nonsense if you get up from the rampage and then just go back to oh my life is goodness my i would just rampage for 10 minutes about all the things i'm grateful for and then get up and start complaining again okay. what was the point in that rampage
3: mm.
0: well basically it created a lot of confusion
2: <laughs> <laughs> if that was where, your goal good for you <laughs> yeah.
1: but where, there's, where there's confusion what will always take sway is a subconscious mind. It moves at 10,000 to 10 million times the speed of the conscious mind. That confusion is happening at a conscious level. Subconsciously, there is no confusion. The subconscious mind is very clear on what it's going to do, and it never, ever, ever loses. Never. Mm.
0: Thank God we can reprogram it. Otherwise, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah it's, that's really true. It, isn't it amazing how we get worked up about this thing of having to do something and that we, we turn it. I mean, there's a whole thing about work. Oh, I have to go to work. You know, this (laughs) this whole negative thing. Work is a drag. Work is so hard. Work is rough. Work is, I'm so sick of work. We have this whole thing about work. No wonder we don't want to actually do the work. We've got this, this, this whole mental negative
2: connotation towards the word work. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm.
1: But it's the work that works and the second that we start recognizing that the work can be a joy and start actually reframing our attitude towards the work to the payoff of it then we can start finding some joy in the transformation rather than you know loving the process right you have to fall in love with the process otherwise you're you're finished really mm-hmm. but that can only happen when we stop seeing it as an enemy right we start mm-hmm. seeing something to be excited about yeah there's Maybe be some bumps in the road. I'm undoing sometimes generation after generation of disempowering belief systems and patterns of behaviour. The buck stops here with me though. I'm ready to dig in and do it because mm-hmm. I'm connected to the experience on the other side of it.
0: I've been experiencing both the reality of it and the metaphor of it all wrapped up into one because I've been doing learning some new programming. Literally new mm-hmm. programming. <laughs> and and it's a it's a form of programming that I had a major, huge, gigantic resistance to because the first time around, I didn't get it. I mm. didn't understand it. I just kept running into roadblocks. And, I don't understand this. What the heck are they talking about here? I didn't understand it at all. And I developed such a negative feeling about it that I didn't even want to have anything to do with it. Mm. I, like I've said previously, about a year ago, I would have said, well, I'm just never going to do it again. I don't want to have to, to deal with that.
2: Mm-hmm. You did say it a year ago. I did. You did. I know I
0: did. Probably many times. Probably, you know, weeks at a time. So so I had it well programmed into the subconscious mind. Yep. But then a funny thing happened. I realized that so many of the things I've been wanting to have happen in my life, so many of the things I wanted to bring into my life were directly tied to me learning to program again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not just um, physically programmed, but metaphorically. They go together. One Mm -hmm. is actually a skill for the other. And, and so it gave me, you talk about reframing, Dan. That gave me my way to reframe it. Beautiful. Because now I reframed it as I'm not just learning how to program on this platform that I didn't really know before. I'm also learning how to program my subconscious mind. I'm learning how to reprogram my desires, my wants, my needs, so that my mind is actually playing them the way I want them to play. Mm-hmm. Rather than the way it's been playing against me. Nice. Yeah. It's Great. a big deal. I am I, more and more amazed at how the, the whole metaphor of a computer program is more than a metaphor. It's a reality. Mm-hmm. It's a reality that I have been taking for granted in ways that I hadn't even thought about before. And I'm not saying that everybody should go out and become a computer programmer, although it's not a bad thing to dabble in just to get the experience of it. I mean, <laughs> not, not because you need to go you know, write programs, but just little to
1: experience taste. that thing. A little taste.
0: Just a taste. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Well, my generation, I think Dan was in it too. Um, back in the day when MySpace was a thing, we all got a little taste of
1: programming because if true. you wanted
2: your page to be the coolest, you had to learn how to HTML your whole situation.
1: That's true, yeah. Let's get those P in. That's
0: <laughs> that backslash P to close that paragraph. <laughs> Which was good. I mean, that that gave people a taste of what HTML is, which is still the basis of a lot of web programming, anyway. So yeah. you know, it's not like you you learn something that's useless. It actually has carried on. Virtually every web page you go to has lots of little p's with little brackets around them, mm-hmm. even though you don't see them, but still there. And now with
2: the younger generation, they they're introducing STEM more into you know school and stuff like that. So it's it's becoming a thing to to be able to program your own stuff and. It's gonna be little inventors all over the world.
0: Now do you see I mean I, I don't have any um I don't see any of that. That I just it's not part of my uh, experience. So yeah. from what you see, do you see that as a way that people are learning to take control of their own autonomy to use Dan's words? To be more in charge of their own programming?
2: I would say yeah. I say I say that the age that they're starting at, they're starting at like seven or eight, which is right.
0: She just got Sorry.
2: I don't know why people don't know. Don't call me between four and five. Like, hello.
3: <laughs> Guys.
2: And it's the per- one of the people that watches the podcast. So it's like, what? <laughs> why are you calling me right now? Like,
1: oh, I've got okay. amazing input. I've just got to tell you now, Alex. You right. Say,
2: wow. <laughs> like, bro. He,
0: he was
1: watching the live stream.
0: He just had to tell you.
2: <laughs> like, it's Tuesday. Gosh. Anyway. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, so yeah. So they're starting at the age of eight and they're introducing STEM. And, and I notice it's a lot more of a push for, for girls than it is for, for boys. And I think that's great. But at the same time, I feel like we need to push everybody if Mm -hmm. we're, if we're going to push it, but yeah, they're, they're starting STEM in Girl Scouts now they're starting STEM in, in just in school in general, like as a, as a regular uh, class, that was, also goes along with meditation. So I feel like it's a combination with the two. We can have a whole new generation of of kids.
0: And for those who don't know STEM, because it's not something we've talked about much at all, I don't right? Think. Talk, talk about what STEM is.
2: Uh, I forget what it stands for, but it's basically programming and robotics and all that good stuff that uh, mm-hmm. that we depend on today. They're they're teaching the eight year olds how to how to do it, so there'll be more Steve Jobs as we get older.
1: <laughs> so, so they know how to turn off the computers, and the, the robots later.
2: Not even. They know how to make the robots.
1: Yeah, and then turn them off later when they try and take over the world.
2: Oh, hopefully.
0: <laughs> or even yeah. better, reprogramming the whole um, social economic uh, consciousness that says the robots aren't going to try to take over the world. Mm. We're, we're in charge of the robots. Mm-hmm. Dan's not actually buying that.
2: We'll see. We'll see what happens.
3: We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> It's a I knew example, a- though.
2: I knew a guy who said he wouldn't put an Alexa in his house because in case he and accidentally and I'm not I'm putting this lightly, accidentally committed a murder, he didn't want Alexa to report him. <laughs> I, said, what? I said, I
0: don't want any physical evidence
2: of the actual murder. I was like, Oh my God. Uh,
0: <laughs> I did- I wanna know how you can accidentally commit a murder. I am just well, curious about that
1: one. I don't want to know that one.
3: I don't know. I don't know.
1: I think, know. I,
3: think
2: I think I put the word accidental in there, but oh, oh, he, he oh. definitely said if I commit a murder, Alexa will report me. And I'm like, okay.
1: Okay. So I'm not I'm, to the
2: Yeah, I'm out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, the rainbow blood's murder to kill up. Um clean up. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, I, Alexa, I really I'm, I'm planning on doing some stuff with voice. Um, do it with Dan Daly, planning to to put on Alexa Skills and stuff and and all sorts of groovy stuff. But we cool. are going that way though. But you know, mm. even now, I mean I was having a conversation with someone in my house and then Five minutes later, Instagram was showing me ads about what we were talking about.
2: Oh, all the time. All the time. Facebook is always trying to tell me about stuff that I wasn't, that I was thinking. I wasn't even talking about out loud. Oh wow. It's crazy. It's
1: crazy. That's a level up. But yeah. you know what? This, this is, this is what we signed up to, right?
3: Mm, facts.
1: The lazy consciousness is, mm-hmm. signing up for, for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It is a matter of just turning off some flicking some switches. You know, when yeah. it tells you about the cookies, when you go on the website, you can say no. It don't, you yeah. don't have to. Get tracked everywhere by that website you went to but you do have to exercise some conscious choice and say no but we don't even want to read those things at the bottom of the page anymore we just click x and then complain later yeah (laughs) those ads everywhere you can turn the microsoft the microphone off in and instagram and facebook you can turn it off yeah, put aside the
0: part about the uh um, not having read the terms because I don't think anybody. I've I actually read terms, but most people don't. I, I do. Uh, I, 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 I don't. I, I do. Yeah, but most people don't. But but even put that part aside for a moment, it, isn't it amazing how just I, I'll call it lack of common sense for for lack of a better way to describe it. People who may not have read the terms but would not normally agree with those terms or like those terms if they did read them, will still not hesitate to go onto a platform like Facebook and tell the world all their business and then wonder why it keeps coming back to them.
3: Mm.
0: I mean, forget the terms of service. You know, why are you doing it in the first place? And being surprised. I'm not saying there's anything wrong necessarily with doing it in the first place, but being surprised about it later.
1: Mm -hmm. They're not using their mind, though, Big wolves. They're not using their mind they're not right. exercising sovereignty they're not exercising discernment they're not exercising anything other than playing out lazy patterns yeah
3: mm. that's
1: it that's it and then they wonder why they're still broke still not feeling healthy right still in perpetually disempowering relationships that don't move them forward you're not applying any of your divinely given gifts to create your life at all levels let's we're not even talking about the at the most basic level you can mm-hmm. actually choose oh, but I have to live here because of this and that and that and this. Oh, I could never do that. Or that's too much and this is too difficult. Okay, well, if that's the agreement that you're subscribing to, then have fun. I'm not interested in listening to you complain about it. It's like friends of mine that ask for my advice and then don't follow up on it. If you don't take my advice once, the next time you ask me for my advice, I will tell you plainly. I'm not wasting my time giving it to you.
0: Mm. Absolutely.
1: I'm not going to validate you just playing out this victim thing, telling a story. Mm. I'm not serving you, and I'm certainly not serving myself, spending time talk, you know, talking to you about it. You know? Own your power, step into your power, start living in that power.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is another form of reprogramming. I mean, the, the whole victimhood thing, that, that's probably one of the most deeply written programs that we mm-hmm. have in our subconscious minds. Yeah. You know, so it, It's going to take a little bit to overcome it. It's going to take a little bit to rewrite it. It's
1: and some, it. some awareness. Like I yeah. said, a lot of There are Oscars going around here. <laughs> there are Oscars going around because look, if, you're, if you're only 15 years old, you've spent 15 years learning the script, learning the lines of that role that you're playing right now. Mm-hmm. So Into in A new role. I mean, look at the, the people from Friends. There's only, what, one one of them? Well, actually, no. Uh, what's her name? Monica Geller. Who played Monica? Courtney Cox. Yeah. She, he did some really drastically disruptive roles after that mm-hmm. in order to sort of break the, the relationship to it. Right. But a lot of them, it just didn't work. Joey tried to be Joey and just wasn't that funny without his friends. And uh-huh. then ended up on episodes playing himself, Matt LeBlanc, because he just was unable to break free from it. Yeah. Uh, but, but what's her name? Phoebe just tried, just ended up being Phoebe in a series of really sad films that weren't that funny.
3: Mm-hmm
1: chandler tried to be someone else and just was still chandler yeah.
2: <laughs> i don't even remember him in anything besides friends
1: the whole nine yards where he was just Oh uh, to- right then there was another thing that was just really whack whatever like mm-hmm. Rachel was the only person that managed to do something different she was able to go and play a different role many 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 people just get stuck in the same role they're doing it in their lives now they spent decades and decades and decades learning that script learning that narrative learning those same routines and then not even understanding that they have the power to change it and just reciting the same lines having the same coffee at the same time every day the same conversation complaining about the same stuff eating lunch in the same place with the same person they don't like for the same <laughs> reason they didn't like them yesterday and then wondering why their life is just not what they love yeah mm-hmm.
0: that's yeah well said beautifully said I, I was noticing also in our live stream that, as usual, the live streamers are um, carrying on the conversation as we're carrying it on. It, it's mm-hmm. just like it, it's, it's like that programmed computer. We're, we're typing into the computer and it's coming back to us. <laughs> same things happening here, uh, and it's actually somebody I think you know, uh, a king.
3: Hi, Is mom.
0: <laughs> a, a conversation with Jeffrey, and uh, she said, "Attachment to the lack, I'm guilty of that." And Jeffrey replies, "Be easy with yourself. We're all guilty of it." <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, Mom, Jeffrey's good people.
0: Very good. Very, very good. Great gifts. Great gifts. No doubt about it.
2: By the way, Mom, this is Dan. Doesn't he look like Cousin Dennis? <laughs> She's not answering, but it's okay. <laughs> no, seriously, you look just like my cousin. It's crazy.
1: Well, you know, doppelgangers are real.
2: Facts. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they hang out with the unicorns. So, um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> as we are now.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man! Okay, well, this is the good. This is good because I I, I didn't know how to, sh- to to headline the show. I didn't know how to title it, but it it was becoming really apparent to me. We have this tendency to not buy into our own power. And we kind of have gone into you know the deep end here of being in a victim mode and all that kind of stuff. But really, it's not just the victims who do that. It's the skilled LOA practitioners who do it. It's mm-hmm. the people who are even new to it who are trying to find their way. Who do We all fall into this pattern.
2: We've all uh, typecasted ourselves.
0: Yeah, we, we, we keep replaying the old tapes and keep buying into them. And in the process, when something does happen, we say, oh, that was cool. And maybe I would even mm-hmm. celebrate it. Maybe I'm feeling good about it. And then five minutes later, oh, did I really do that? <laughs> <laughs> Dan is, is practically having a fit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, real. it, it's really, really real. Like those unconscious patterns that we perpetually play out that we don't consciously choose. Like it is a real thing. And until people start owning what those are, sometimes they, because they don't like the look of the shadow of it. Until Mm. we do that, we're not going to be in a position to create a different outcome because we're not going to make new choices. Because we're going to keep making choices from the same vibration, which is keeping us perpetuating the same experiences. Of
0: course, the good side is is that once we do start taking that responsibility, once we do start actively doing what we can, even if we're just, uh, to heck with baby steps, taking staggering drunken steps because we're really not (laughs) sure how to go about doing it, just taking steps, you know? Five move. steps to 180 degrees in the wrong direction and realize we got to turn around. I mean, <laughs> anything. to break that pattern breaks the pattern. It really does.
1: Yeah. Just, just move. I mean, I wrote um, I wrote an article. Um, it's on my Medium page, um, the, the Lazy Choice. It's like, even if you are choosing to stay where you are, even if you're choosing to stay in bed and eat Nutella on cookies all day, like, <laughs> choose it. And by right. choosing... You've empowered yourself because you're not just falling into it. You've made the conscious choice to do it, and as you start to do that, you step more deeply into your power. And then you can start making more empowering, expansive choices going forward. But you must start to choose, even if it is that staggered, drunken move. It's a move, (laughs) not staying.
0: those, those little steps, I mean, the, when you say the words baby steps, this is kind of what I heard when you first used that phrase, you take the little baby steps. My first inclination in my back of my mind was to dismiss it or
1: discount it because they're big mm. That's what people do. Yeah. Oh, you, you will be surprised. I mean, um, my Micro to Millions group, which is the, the longest running sort of long-term group program that I've, I've ever done, we have been doing it all year, Um there were some people who, at the beginning, were really excited. Oh yeah, I'm going to create massive abundance. But when I said, "Yeah, but you've got to start with learning how to manifest a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds," right? I need, but I need thousands. Oh, sorry, I haven't got time for this. You know, I, I need. Wow. And that's yeah. what people are doing because they, yeah. they were understanding that those baby steps, those people that consistently made those baby steps, are the people now that are manifesting hundreds and tens of thousands regularly and accumulating massive wealth because they were prepared to take those baby steps of moving through 100 and 200 and small sums but those who were like oh you know i can manifest this amount of money by myself i don't think i need this program anymore i'm like okay (laughs) then why were you here in the first place if you could do it yourself
0: well it's an interesting thing because i mean I've, i've actually done what you described i have started something like that and stopped and where I stopped, I realized, was the point where I finally reached that threshold in my mind that my mind said, no, you really can't do that one. Hit you can edge. do the mm. ones up to that point, but that one you can't really do.
1: hit your edge. Mm. Hit your edge. And that is where the real work happens, like in the gym. Yep. It's those last two reps. I was really hurting today um, in the gym. But it's those two reps that you don't really want to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are the ones where the magic happens. That's when you reach your edge and you do through it. And that's where the results come. It's the same with the edge with our relationships or with our friendships or with our career and with our abundance. We, re- we hit that edge, and that is where the actual work begins. Everything before that is, is warm up. This is when it's go. You know, it's go time here at the edge. But Facts. the edge is where we, we run away. The edge is where we revert back. The edge is where we go back to the program. The edge is where we go back to this, the regularly broadcast, scheduled broadcast. That's when that happens that's where we have to dig in. That's where the choices really happen. Everyone can do love and light until that love and light is really tested.
0: Mm. Well, the edge is scary. It's high up here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and that's okay. But you know, if you start to, if you get to, some people get to the edge and pull back, but if you get to the edge, take a deep breath, mm. maybe take a step back and then shuffle forward. Okay. And take a half step back and shuffle forward. Take a half step back if you must do and shuffle forward. But keep on shuffling forward. And this, I think, is where the micro-shifting really happens. Because if I've micro-shifted every step up to the edge, I've celebrated it and built that momentum, gone through some smaller edges, found deliberately smaller edges to work through so that I can experience what it's like to go through the edge, celebrate it, and know that it's safe to to go through that edge. When I get to those bigger edges, the momentum is such that my mind's like, oh, this is an edge. We've been doing this already. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. And we move through with grace and ease. When we okay. hit those financial edges, if we spend our time cultivating a momentum of commitment to ourselves and integrity to our goals and actually making things happen and moving through each and every one of those edges, consistently finding where our edge is and pushing it just a little bit, then when it gets to, the, to go time, when we need to push an edge, we're already practiced. We're already in the groove. That is the new program. The new program is I'm someone that gets to my edge, and enjoys going through it, even if there's some con- contrast, even if there's some tension, even if there's some pullback, even if there's some ickiness. I know what's on the other side because I've been practicing that consistently.
0: And by the way, there's a funny thing that happens when you go after that edge, because I, I described how I was doing that with the money thing, and <laughs> for, me, for me, the edge was at two hundred fifty dollars. I had, a, I had um, manifested everything up to two hundred fifty dollars, and then it stopped. And I got frustrated, and then I said, you know, I'm I'm going to break through this, and so I did some work to break through it, and then I got distracted and went off to do some other stuff, and within a couple of months, all of a sudden, I inherited over $40,000. Like, oh, what nice
2: I- <laughs> See, as I'm long as you get distracted away. from your cap, that's that's great. It's
1: like you said at the beginning, Walt, it's um, be distracted from it long enough to, to make a different choice.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Distraction
3: and, is key.
0: And, and in so doing, all my resistance goes away, and when the resistance mm-hmm. goes away, amazing stuff shows up
1: <laughs> that's it's so true actually factually hey
0: while we're <laughs> uh, uh got a minute left here i just want to remind people who are not yet subscribers become a subscriber real simple to do go to loatoday.net and also follow us on youtube how they follow us on youtube alex go to youtube and
2: search Today podcast videos and once you see our smiling faces you can go do down below hit the red subscribe button go to the right or left, I forget which one it is, and hit the silver bell, and make sure you click all, so you will always be notified when we're live.
0: And we apologize to those of you who are uh, deaf who could not actually see Dan's motions there, but he was trying to sign for the deaf while we were doing that, so
2: thank you. He's a Vanna White when we're doing the (laughs) announcements.
1: (laughs) Um, I I don't see any evidence of that on YouTube.
0: (laughs) It's true, it's only one frame at a time. Facts, facts. (laughs) But good stuff, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you to our our, uh, live stream listeners. Thank you to our, especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.